the not gonna call it the open British Open bombs edition of Bottom Line Bombs on the Sports Given Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. And with that, play some music that begins with commercially licensed things of that nature. And we are here live. Welcome to the Bottom Line Bombs. I'm your host, CJ Sullivan. It is Wednesday, July 19th. I'm recording remotely. It is not live. To apologize already, so I won't even. That does save us the time of me tweet blasting out and figuring that out, how to quote tweet and Get the live broadcast so I can talk to Serial and Captain Insano and KC from JC and JC from KC and the beers. Cheers for beers. And the whole crew. I apologize. I am on the road. I'm in Chicago right now doing comedy. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, with the comedy bar headlining tonight. Uh, but that's not important right now. I couldn't get a show off Monday. I thought I was going to be able to. I brought the mics, brought that, brought the crew, but, uh, I underestimated Chicago in what the, in what it does to me, in what it does no matter what. Even the, even though I've stopped drinking, it'll be three years come August 24th, Kobe Day, 824. And I'm thinking, well, Chicago, uh, you know, I'll be able to handle it. And it doesn't matter. Chicago doesn't care if you're drinking or not, although it, it prefers you're drinking. It's an alcoholic city. I'll get into that more in my man in the box, but it's just pure. It's just pure chaos, and especially here in the summer, because uh, one, Chicago is the best summer city in uh, America by far. It's not even close. the The fervor here, people just go absolutely berserk. One from being inside for nine months straight. It's like they broke out of prison. That first day of warm weather, it is like. Fuck it. We are going out. Shorts and 40 degrees, whatever. And it's a jailbreak. You're just staring at all the flesh. You can't believe all the flesh that's out. Like, look, everything has been covered up. When you get caught, you have to reacclimate yourself in a society. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to be looking at you, lady, but I just I just got I just broke free from my garden apartment. I was there for 19 months. And now I'm here at a beer fest, some kind of alcohol. There's a fucking, there's a street fest on every goddamn block here in Chicago. Holy shit. Can't park a car there. It's a street. It's, it's, it's brute craft fest. Two white crews playing there from four to three 30. Doesn't even make sense. Well, either way, you got a ticket. They love giving you tickets here. Uh, anyway, I'll get into my uh, Chicago tales, but I'm also going to give you some British Open bombs. I have to get had to get this episode out. I'll be back in Los Angeles next week to do the normal Monday and Wednesday noon live, and then recording episodes, of course. And, uh, we'll get into it, but I have to get the British Open bombs in because they're coming in. They're coming in soon. They're coming in hot. Actually, by the time you guys hear this, which I hope you do. I still gonna have some technical sound effects and uh, music cues. Uh, I gotta chop in there. But um, the fun thing about this British Open, it's great 
Great, great, great for uh, for Coquettes. Because it starts at like at 1 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> 4 a.m. is a good group Eastern, but I mean, it's, I love those events where you, you have no idea what's going on unless you are up all night for some reason. Anyway, let's see what we got into. Um, yeah, I'll get into the whole Chicago and the road thing. I should recap. I did have, I, I mean, the reason why I do have to get into the British Open is the biggest uh, sporting event going on right now. You, uh, there's some late, there's some ladies World Cup coming up too. I might, you might, I might throw out some Lady Cup, women Lady Cup bombs for you, only because there's some value out there. And I was saying this is slowly becoming a golf podcast, like it or not. I mean, I like golf. I like betting on golf. It's fun, but uh, it's definitely a lot of dart throwing. But I'm, I'm hitting. I'm hitting a lot. And even last week for the Scottish Open. We hit Tyrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood top 10. One was plus 185, one was plus 190. So bomb that. Kaboom. <laughs> I want to do my own sound effects. since I, I'll put them in later. But, you know, I like saying kaboom. Like, I'm going to go back and listen. Okay, I said kaboom there. This is a bit odd right now. This is truly man in the box. I am staying. For those familiar with the Chicago scene, I'm staying above the bar Cody's up on Barry and Polina. My good friend uh, Nolan, who owns the bar Galway Bay, the greatest bar in Chicago. If you're ever in Chicago, go to Galway Bay. Why? 500 West of Mercy. Don't go to Cody's because that's where we're at. Uh, greatest bar in Chicago. He owns that. I, true Irishman. He's an absolute madman. It's pure chaos. I'll tell you that right now. He lets me stay at his place. He's got a great divorce pad. He is all divorced. And he's got an apartment right above a bar. <laughs> That's not, not a great thing, but it's a great thing for a freshly divorced Irishman like Nolly. He used to be the garden apartment. Uh, he's moved up the little world to the penthouse up here, literally above the bar. It used to be the garden apartment, which was even crazier. I mean, you would hear the entire bar right next to you. And like in the bathroom, there was a hole in the wall. And you opened it up like a, like a hidden door. like, And you opened it up. Next thing you know, you were in the bar itself. Like you were in like, the proof or the, the supply room. It was, like, it, was like, it was like Narnia for alcoholism. Alcoholism? Yeah, the Narnia of alcoholics. He just opened up the next you were in there. So you could just go to the bar and just stumble down the steps and into his place. It was crazy. But now we're way above that, above it. But the fun thing is we can still control the jukebox with our phone. So that's fun. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we hit a couple golfs in the Scottish Open, but now the big one is the British Open. So we're going to give out some British Open bombs. I'm even going to give some lady soccer cup bombs. And I'm going to talk more about, of course, have a man-in-the-box segment. And I'll have... Um, just piss about Chicago and alcoholism, pretty much. <laughs> Went to the Cubs game, not not last night, not the seventeen to three game. God forbid I see something fun there. Went to the seven five loss game, seven five loss. They lost seven five. They suck. It was Cubs Hawaiian shirt night. First 10,000 over 21 gets a Hawaiian shirt, cub shirt. We forgot they were getting, we, we showed up like the first inning. No way. They laughed at our face. Any shirts left? They laughed at our face. 
Are you kidding me? Douchebag Cub fans that were lined up at noon for a free Hawaiian shirt. Oh, my God. Fresh off a weekend of the Red Sox fans coming in here. What a whew, what a building of douchebags. Anyway, anyway, with that being said, let's get this show moving along here because I forgot to tell you about the Circus Survivor and Circa Million Contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at CircusSports.com. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Contest are back. $14 million guaranteed prize up for grabs. The Circa Millions is easy. Five NFL picks against the spread each week, and it's season long. You have standings, and there's so many ways to win. You can, of course, be the winner throughout the year with $6 million guaranteed overhead. They do it by quarterly, you know, the first four weeks, second four weeks. You can have the worst ones. They call it the booby prize. And you can break it down bracket-wise. You get a buddy and do it. Easy peasy, right? It's not. Of course not. It's fucking very hard. Um, but it's fun. And and what I what I really like about it, though, it's a season-long thing, and you're, and you're always in the money for it. Survivor's the same way. That one you know. That one everyone knows. You pick one game, no spread, each week. Can't pick the same team twice, and the winner gets over $8 million. So I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. You might as well end. CircusSports.com for all the details. Sports Game Impact podcast will be out there the last weekend of August. It's a big sign-up weekend, you know. A lot of fun things to do. Um, you have to uh, enter in Las Vegas, but you can play from anywhere. So that's the thing. You, you, you go to Vegas, go to Vegas anyway. It's a nice time to go there. It's only 155 degrees. It was... Uh, <laughs> Arizona and Nevada has been like fucking crazy. It's been like 120 every day. For um oh man, I'm dropping pills. And uh 125 degrees every day. And it's uh I think uh Death Valley was like 138 the other day, like the hottest ever recorded, and people were going out there to find it like it like it was uh like they're storm chasers, but they wanted to feel the heat and go hiking. And scientists were like, yeah, you're going to die. You can't walk around at 138 fucking degrees and go hiking. What a nightmare that would be. It wasn't that hot for a while. I remember people, it wasn't too long ago. It was like a month ago. People in Vegas were complaining. Because it was like a year before they had even a 100-degree day. Like, I miss it. What the? F- oh, they didn't have 100 degrees. Now that's all they have. What the fuck do you miss about 110 degrees? Air conditioning is the only thing you can do. I remember going to Ve- when I was in Vegas one time, I was at Caesars. And uh, we were going to take a walk. Take a walk out. It was, it was something like that, like 105, whatever the fuck. You know, it was crazy. It's a it's a desert. You are literally in a desert with neon reflecting on you. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go walk the strip. I walked down the bottom of the hill, the one the walkway there, Caesar's walkway to the strip, sweating. And I'm like, and uh, you know, I was like, uh, Almost dying. Just going down a hill. Not even 300 yards. I'm like, what What am I, Moses? In the fucking desert here? Who? What am I trying to prove here? 
So I called an Uber to bring me back to Caesars just so I could get in the cab line because Ubers are more expensive. And got in a cab. Took an Uber to get a cab to get out of that goddamn heat. So there it is. Anyway, going on to August. I'm going out there. SGPN's going to be out there last weekend of August. I'm actually going out there the weekend beforehand as well. Because the CCFL is having a little fantasy draft there. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on Vsin. I'm going to be one of the shows. Maybe Greg Hoops. I don't know. Figure that out. Friday, August 18th. Look for me then. Anyway, back to me and the bottom line bombs. What was I talking about? Cubs game. Right. That happened. They lost. I took a scooter with my man Bill O'Donnell. Shout out to Bill O'Donnell, the Cincinnati Deers. He will also be in Las Vegas. We do a tradition. He's a season ticket holder. Uh, of the Cubs, and every time I come out to Chicago in the summer, which I love doing for a week to do shows, I hit him up for a Cubs game, and me and him go. He leaves the kid. He leaves the kids with the wife. Says, "Beat it, kids." Me and Sol are going to the Wrigley, and we take a scooter, Dumb and Dumber style, through the town. That's a sight, and we uh, we see the Cubs lose. We've never seen him win. At least I haven't. He does a thing this year. The Cubs are so bad. They blew up that championship team and got nothing in return. He does a thing where uh, take me out to the ball game, you know, which is which is the most, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, the gayest in the third grade term, gayest, ridiculous thing where everyone's just waving and says, hey, take me out, and they have some fucking celebrity saying, or, or they'll show footage of Harry Carey singing it. But my man Bill, uh, he he does a protest where he sits down during take me up. That's his protest to Cubs brass to the management. I call it white capernicking. That's if you're if you're a white capping, that's how you protest. You sit down during peanuts and cracker jack song to, to really let Cubs ownership know what it's all about. But anyway. All right, let's get into some of the stories we got going on here. Um before we get into the British Open bombs or the Lady Soccer Cup, which I enjoy, I don't want I don't mind playing a little wind, little, little Lady Soccer. We have NFL football coming up since that is a circuit contest, which I was talking about, um, which is pretty soon. College football's got a month away, and NFL will be here right around the corner. Running backs are uh, creating a stink online. Um, that's the big story so far. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, the three running backs in our side. I think Tony Pollard actually is signed, but I don't know. Something's going, something's going on with Saquon and Jacobs. I usually don't pay attention too much. Saquon, so. And uh, the story is, of course, the running backs are just worthless <laughs> contract-wise for the NFL. They're, they're extremely valuable for the team, but they're not to sign for an extension. It's, it's a shame. And it's all because of the contract that the NFLPA signed, that they have, they, they lock them in for that five-year deal. They used to be able to do a two-year deal, then they could renegotiate, because running backs' lifespan's not too long. So to get a second contract as a running back is pretty rare, and as soon as they get it, the team's regret it immediately. It's like giving a pitcher a 15-year deal. His arm's going to fall off. Running backs, they're going to fall apart. Like Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. Anytime you give these big running contracts, it's a shame because they are great and they're very valuable. But the contract itself, I mean, the way the, the way that it's set up, puts them behind the eight ball. And they, I mean, they have great points, these running backs. 
I hate when I hate when fans get on the fucking ownership side with this. Like you're completely replaceable. We can get any guy off the street. You're is that, there's, I feel there's a hint of racism to it too when they act like they can just, we can get anybody just just run the ball like a, like so, like someone stole his bread or something. Like what? No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Professional run, elite running backs are very, very, uh, you know, they're rare. Yes, you can replace running backs with anyone that can get certain yards, but, you know, these stars like Christian McCaffrey and these guys, and, uh, I mean, you know, Saquon Barkley, they're rare. They're a reason why they're taking in the first round. And the only reason why they're not taking it in the first round anymore is because the NFL have agreed, like, what? Like, they're price fix. These fucking jerk-off owners, like, just don't take them until the fourth round. We'll all agree to do that. Then we won't have to pay them. It's really fucked up. The biggest argument you see with how running backs are getting fucked is when you see how receivers are getting drafted. I mean, paid. People like Corey Davis are making <laughs> five times the amount of Miles Sanders and shit like that. Like, that, that, that shouldn't be right, you know? These mid-range garbage receivers. Not garbage, but, I mean, come on. Those guys seem more replaceable. Fucking Christian Kirk than a... Uh, I don't know why I came to think of it. Think of a good... Uh, maybe. Then a Nick Chubb. Like, Nick Chubb is a beast right now for Cleveland Browns, but he won't be in a year or two. When they, once they have to pay him, we're going to be like, sorry. See ya. Sorry, you're not as good as... Uh, I don't even know. Chris Claypool, who's not good, but DeAndre Hopkins just signed with the Titans. The, the Titans love getting those Hall of Fame receivers on the bottom end of their career. Your uh, Andre Johnson and Randy Moss. Remember they had Randy Moss for that one year? And I'm going to do the thing with DeAndre. What, what, what does DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, God bless DeAndre Hopkins. Get, get your money. Everyone get your money. And I'm, not even, I'm not even trying to make fun of Corey Davis. Get your money, Corey Davis, for be, for whoever you fool. Jamison Crowder, somehow you keep getting on teams. Keep fooling them. Get paid. No one's no one's denying you that. But the running back system is completely flawed. Apparently, they had a group text message thing, and they were, they were like, all right, here's our plan of attack. We're going to tweet. We're going to text. And then Le'Veon Bell's going to compare us to, <laughs> to the ant life. He brought up like the Disney cartoon, like how he's the ants and the owners are the fucking moths. I don't, I don't see that shit. Who sees all these cartoons? My God. I never saw Shrek. I had to look up Shrek after the whole Northwestern Shrek fucking story. Good Lord. Pat Fitzgerald getting sued. You should get sued by Shrek. Anyway, let's get off the whole running back situation. I don't want to talk about that too much. I'll get into it later with Ash Football Cubs, but we have so much to get into. Speaking of football, Hard Knocks. That was also a story that came out. I'll talk about that a little bit. Hard Knocks is the best thing about preseason football. That's the show on HBO that follows a team. And um, they do it in season now, too. We're like, why, why not? NFL Films does it. And they do an amazing job. It makes every team look amazing that they do. Every fantasy draft, someone drafts someone that was featured on Hard Knocks that doesn't do anything because you think, oh, this guy's going to be incredible. It's all on film. It's all slow motion. It looks Incredible. They know what they're fucking doing. 
the sprinklers in the morning showing the field getting getting water with the morning dew and the sunrise. I mean, I would give those sprinklers a five-year contract for $15 million. That's how good everything looks on hard knocks. So this year they're doing the New York Jets. Intriguing team, of course. Aaron Rodgers are on their way up. And the Jets... It used to be you you had to have permission from the team. Now I think they're getting so big, like fuck it, you're you we're we're choosing you, like it or not. We're the NFL. Deal with it. And now the Jets have uh, fought back. They, they they said they never wanted it, but they have to. They were being forced. Aaron Rodgers is being forced, and they said it's going to be one of the worst hard knocks ever because they're going to restrict. What they, first of all, the teams have always had 100% editing control. No, no, nothing is ever shown on these shows that they don't know about. It's NFL. It's NFL. It's an NFL. Pro, it's all propaganda. It makes it look better. And of course, you're dealing with NFL coaches who are the top secret. They think these fucking. They think they're military secrets. These fucking plays and everything. They have things that are going to get out. God damn, are they dumb? But anyway, the Jets are be like, we're not going to give any anything. We're going to give them like just many sound bites, and they said they're not going to allow footage or access to when they cut guys. What? Yeah, we don't like it when they show people getting cut. We think that's inhumane. Go fuck yourself. You think that's inhumane? Inhumane was playing Zach Wilson for three years out there. Inhumane is that what the goddamn product you put putting out? Don't tell us how to make hard knocks jets. We first of all, you've already done this before. You had Rex Ryan talking about snacks and feet and shit like that. That was inhumane. Watching people get cut on hard knocks is the reason we watch hard knocks. You better goddamn well show some scrub taking his playbook to the office. Then having your dumb fucking coach, Robert Sally, who's holding, who's carrying all the receipts for the people who talk shit about us, or CVS long receipts. Have him cut some cl- cut some four string fullback, and then that four string fullback does that media. I'm gonna make you pay for this. All right, I love that attitude. I'm gonna make you pay. Sure you will. Yeah, well you're gonna make them ma- ma- go make the Arlington Renegades pay in the XFL because you're you're not paying here. All right, you're not gonna be playing for the Jets. How dare you, Jets? Not allow us to see someone bring their iPad to the locker room and avoid calls and get it part of the heart swab story. That was our fa- that's part of our favorite part of the hard knocks. Is you get to guess who's gonna get cut. You get you get you turn along a young uh, young couple. He's got a young wife and a kid. They're setting up shop, and you know they're gonna be in a chopping block. Anytime they show, anytime they start really getting into it to the family and showing it, you know they're gonna get cut. It's great. They go on healthier lives. At least they don't have to go play NFL football. At least they have to be a scrub and play minimum wage football. The inhumane and uh, (sighs) 
They hide concussions from these guys and CTE damage. They give them no fucking support, no medical. They have class action lawsuits these veterans have to pay, and they're still not getting paid for it, but they're calling, but they're calling this inhumane. Cutting uh cutting a blocking tight end on TV on HBO. God damn it. Aaron Rodgers is mad because he can't control why because he can't control the interviews like his weekly fucking Pat McAfee show the McLaughlin group on steroids he can't have three bros in tank tops and he goes and he whisks away about ayahuasca and fuck and all this bullshit. Oh, I, fuck if I was HBO, fuck these Jets anyway. That's the whole point of Hard Knocks too. It makes any team look good. You don't have. Just because, yes, the Jets are intriguing with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to see. I really don't even want to hear see Aaron Rodgers' bullshit. It's like giving Trump access, like a platform. Stop giving, stop giving Aaron Rodgers a platform for his old dumb fucking bros. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh no, he's coming on and in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not visual, so you're you're welcome. Come on in. <laughs> I'm recording my show here, the Bottom Line Bombs. That was old Nolan, who I was talking about. Here, let me get, come on in there. There he is. Peek, peek, peek your head in the camera there. There he is. <laughs> now, now it looks like a very different kind of Coco show. Nope. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a towel. It's not that kind of a show. Now, now I got a paywall with this show. I love it. That was uh, that, that. That's part of the. I'll get into that in my man in the box segment. That's the chaos I'm living with. You just fucking have naked Irishman walking around. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> that, that's a perfect time to go to a break. To be honest with you. And when we come back, I'll after that break there. Uh, I will go into some lady soccer bomb, World Cup bombs, and, and break down the British Open and give out some bombs, and hopefully we'll get some more uh, winners. We've been on a heat. We've been on a heater with golf, and then of course the man in the box. But first, let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. <laughs> We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And that's going to do it for the end of the reads. If you are liking this on YouTube, make sure you, if you're liking it, if you're watching it live, which I'm not going live, so I don't understand how that would happen. Um, you like it and subscribe, that old motherfucking thing. We're back on the Bottom Line Box. I am CJ Sullivan, live from, live from Chicago, recording dead from Chicago on Wednesday from the road, not on the studio in Eagle Rock, California. But uh, we broke down thing. We got interrupted by my, my gracious naked host. <laughs> that looked extremely gay. But, it's just the thing with the Irish. They're not getting us naked. They're not naked as the Jaybirds. Um, anyway, let's get into um, should I get into the, the lady open? Lady soccer. I'll, I'll do lady soccer real quick. And then we'll get into the British Open. Um, and then I'm going to write down when I want bombs. Uh, 
sound effects as well. The Women's World Cup. It used to be the, the so let me, let me take a look at the odds. The, the, the Americans, of course, are the favorites at plus two twenty five, which is uh, the biggest. You know, the, the highest number they've been in a while. Usually, they're like they're like minus five hundred. Women's soccer is not respected around the world normally. Years ago, it's getting there. It's getting better. There's a lot more competition this year, which is good. Usually, the women, just, the American women, just fucking destroy everybody. <laughs> And uh, like other teams, they 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 wouldn't even like Mexico. The Mexican women's soccer team didn't even have uniforms. They like fucking like spray paint numbers on uh, t-shirts they bought at a gas station and shit. It was horrible. The women's World Cup team is ama- they're an amazing team. Well, one they're great. They're the greatest. They win every time. They have great athletes. They're inspiration to all little girls. But it's amazing. It's amazing how it gets ang- it gets conservatives angry. It's just people are misogynist, really. They root for the U.S. women to lose, which we will be doing too, but because we're, only because we're betting against them. Um, <laughs> you want them to win, of course, you root for America. But like, it's so funny, like th- those conservative rights who are all patriotism and eagle, ah, America, but yet they hate women's soccer because they just hate because because they say they want equal pay to the men. And they love pointing out about like the value and the money and all that shit and how much the FIFA like. What do you give a fuck? I don't understand these people. Like, well, the men in the FIFA make six hundred, makes like ten billion times. Well, what do you care? When it comes to the record, I mean, the women's. I mean, obviously, the U.S. Women's World Cup team is a behemoth. They're awesome. They're raising the entire sport of women's. They are women's soccer. There is no women's soccer without the USA team. There will, everyone strives for, every other country hates because they're the big, bad, you know, villain, whatever. And they're the greatest. I, I feel they should, of course, they should get paid more. They should get paid for whatever. I want Hope Solo back, actually. Hope Solo. She was a wild card. Huh? <laughs> she's always getting in. She's always getting mixed up in this stuff. That hot goalie who's got like. Domestic abuse, DUIs, and just weird, weird crimes. Like, whatever. Anyway, uh, that's not the point. Point is, let's get into the ladies' cup real quick. Uh, so it's a month-long World Cup thing. It's in Australia. You should know that because Australia has a good team. They're one of the teams we're going to look at. They're at plus nine fifty. Uh, and they're not, and they're a good team. They just beat England in a friendly 2-0, and England's very good. Usually, it's USA and England. They're the top two teams. England, England, I think is five to one. That's not a bad play, but they're all, but also you, we can find uh, we can find better teams. So Spain's pretty good. Germany, all the men's soccer teams you think that would be good are good in women as well. So this is what we're gonna go with. We're gonna go with uh, oh my god, is that oh, Brazil? All right. So I was gonna give out some quick ones. See if any of these hit for fun. Now, of course, I don't want to. I don't want to openly root. You don't openly root against uh, lady, lady Patriots here and all their heroes. But if we can make a little change, why not? Uh, Australia plus nine fifty. We're gonna bomb that. So give that out. Thirty two. Hold on. Bomb.
Also, for uh, lead, a fun a fun bet is the uh, the Golden Boot. I like the Golden Boot in the World Cup. Who's going to lead the soccer in the World Cup goals? And uh, Australia's leading goal scorer is Sam Kerr. Her name is, and she's thirteen to one. So we're gonna get, we're gonna uh, bomb that as well. Sam Kerr thirteen to one for the Golden Boot. That's my Australian Aussie double parlay. That's that's a two big those are two big big hits. Um, two other long shots if you like. Um, and I'm only saying this just because of the odds. The odds are pretty good at the at these uh for these numbers because USA USA should win, but there's a chance they might not. Before there was never there was never a chance they were going to lose. I got upset by Japan at one time. We're not even going to take Japan. I like uh, Brazil at thirty to one. How can you not take Lady Brazil at thirty to one? And they got that legend. What's her name? Marta. They always have those one one name legends like you know R- Ronaldo, Rolo, Bobadino, uh, and they got one too. Marta. She's like thirty seven. She's going to have to retire. Uh, she's going out, so they're going to try to win one for her. Eh, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But uh, at thirty three to one, how do we not bomb? Put a little, put a little uh, pizza money, as they say. On Brazil at thirty-three to one, bomb it. Um, that's a saying they saying that's a gambling term, pizza money, meaning like you know sprinkle a little whatever, loose around change. But pizza money nowadays, since I'm into this, is outrageous. I just saw a thing in Vegas, Caesars, a regular pizza, fifty-six dollars for a fucking regular pizza, not even anything. Like special, just a pizza, fifty-six dollars. It's pizza. It's fucking bread and cheese and sauce. But even your standard, like if you order a pizza now, it's gonna cost you thirty dollars. That's that's crazy. No matter what delivery fees, whatever, it's all twenty-five, twenty-eight, whatever happened to stuff. When I was in college, kids, Corleone's, you got the fucking five, you got a five-dollar pizza and a soda special. The soda came in a like a container. I was like for Chinese food. For five bucks. Anyway. Uh, so what did I give out? I gave it Australia nine and a half to one, Brazil thirty-three to one. Also, if you want to go deep into it, Canada at forty to one is not a bad play as well. I'm I'll give that out as well. Canada, forty to one, bomb it. There we go. Those are that and that is my lady that's my lady cup. Analysis. All right, now let's get over to the British Open. What we're here for? I gave out my golden boot, Sam Kerr, and I gave out three high, high odd World Cup, Lady Cup soccer futures. All right, now let's get into um, let's get into this British Open. There's so much stuff to bet on the British Open. I don't even know. What to, I don't even know what to do with this. Um, it's in Royal Liverpool. The 151st Open. That's the thing now. They, like to, they want you to call it the Open. The Open. Go fuck yourself. It's the British Open. You don't get to switch this mid-year. That's like the, the Ohio State. No. No, you're not the Ohio State. Just because you start saying it, that's not how names work. Names work when we call you that. 
That king of pop never stuck with Michael Jackson. You can't, you can't just call yourself that shit. The, we're this the open. To say you're the open, that that dismisses the U.S. open. That means like, oh, there's the open, and then there's the other piece of shit open. It's like the U.S. open. No, you're the fucking British open. And you always get like streakers and shit running around, flags up their asses. So I don't want, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about your prestige just because you were the 151st and the sport was invented over there and your and your links course. That's the thing with British Open. You got to deal with a lot of conditions and the links. All right, so let's look at uh, let's look at some of the plays we got here. Um, so driving accuracy is going to be a big thing with uh, with this course. Uh, usually the bunk they're, they're known for bunker the links of course you got the winds and the horrible conditions and then you have the sand traps that are like 50 feet deep you're like you're in the graveyard and then you have uh the rough which is like these you know this awful like the fucking weed whacking like the bush mills and that you're gonna that you could fucking bury a horse in if you missed a fairway by two feet, that's what you're in. So driving accuracy is just as important as driving distance with this British Open. So let's take a look at who we like. Let's look at look at some let's look at some of the top odds. Um, the I just hate how they call it the Open now too. So Roy McIlroy is eight to one. Scotty Scheffler is eight to one. Roy McIlroy won the Scottish Open last week and. It looks like, and his course sets up very well for him. This looks like his time. This was the place where he's last won his last major. It's a storybook perfect thing for him to do it, but to win this British Open. Everyone thinks Roy will go. But it's, when, whenever the story is this easy, it never happens. So I'm staying away from Rory McIlroy. Of course, I said that last week, and he won the Scottish Open. <laughs> But when it comes to the British Open, you can get some long shots. I like to stay with I like to stay away from Americans and with this as well. Scotty Scheffler. It's hard to picture this because this is going to be the end of the golf season and the end of the majors. It's hard to imagine Scheffler not winning a major this year with the season that he's put together because the season he's put together has been incredible. He's, uh, I mean, it's like Tiger Woods peak. Tiger Woods, all this, the stats he does. But again, at eight to one, I'm not lining up to hammer Scotty Scheffler. John Rahm at twelve to one, it's you could tempt me with that, only because he's kind of off the radar because he's kind of hasn't really played much since he won the Masters. He played in L.A. Well, let's keep going down the line. Brooks Kepka, twenty to one. He's the the bully Brooks, who only shows up for the majors. We all know that. And he won the PGA and then went on an all-time bender that week doing cocaine and drinking at Florida Panther games and Miami Heat games with his model girlfriend. And we faded him the next week at a live tour event and he showed up in shorts and he almost pulled it off. That, I, that, the fact that he even showed up the week after the PGA tour of doing coke at hockey games all week with the championship and his smoking hot model wife the fact that he even showed up to play the next week, even if it was an LIV tour, 
to me, was more impressive than anything Michael Jordan did during the flu game in Utah. That, my friends, my friends, who says that, my friends, was a great athletic achievement. So let's go down the line. All right. Cam Smith, we're going to skip away from Cam Smith. I don't like Cam Smith. Um, I'm fading Cam Smith. I'm going to give a couple I'm going to couple uh couple long shots. I'm going to go I'm I'm actually going to go with both guys who I went with last week who came in the top 10 who are still hot and who still love this European floor and that's Tyrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood. We're going to do the same exact thing we did last last week and it almost came in. They both came in tied for 6. So real quick, let's give out let's give out our British Open bomb of Tyrell Hatton, twenty eight to one, bomb it. Tommy Fleetwood, hold on, I'm looking up the lines, thirty to one, bomb it. And hold on, let me, let me let me get them, and, and then of course we bet we always back that up with the uh, with the top ten to top ten. Tyrell Hatton plus two fifty, bomb that, and Tommy Fleetwood two seventy five, bomb that. So there, we got two guys we're going to go for the win and for the uh, top ten. Now, that does not uh, wrap up our British Open bombs. We got a couple long shots here we do love. Let's see. Let me, look. I have so many different notes. I'm, I'm scattered all over the place. I have a computer and my pet paper and passion here. Um, two long, I'll give you two long shots who I really like. I mean, let's go through all these. Let's go through all, let's keep going. Let's skip, 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 skip. We're going to go Cam Young. He is at 80 to 1. Let me see. Cam Young, 80 to 1. Bomb that. All right. I'm pausing because I'm actually I'm, I'm writing down when I have to put in the bomb sound effects later because I'm doing this from the road. And, uh, I don't have everything lined up for me. But watch. So I'm going to do it really, I'm going to do it really deliberately here as well. Also, Cam Young, top 10, plus 550. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun for me. Um, also, another. Uh, so this is what I'm, I'm just going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to stick with this. Tight. Tight. Two plays. Two long shots. Um, we're going to go Min Woo Lee. He's at sixty-five to one. Forty. <laughs> 65 to 1, Bob that. Oh my God, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm hearing music from outside that 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 naked Irishman is just playing. He's been playing a wasp all week. A wild child. I'm a wild child. Come and help me. Whatever the fuck that is. Anyway. Uh, also, Minwoo Lee, top 10, 6 to 1, Bob that. Good Lord. I'm going to have to wrap this up. I. This has been pure fucking chaos. I, I, I have so much more British Open matchups and bobs I would love to get into. Um, let's see. 
Let me let me just, I want to give one one absolute fucking crazy bomb. That would be pretty fun to watch. Let's see if we can get it two hundred to one. Alexander Bjork at three hundred to one. How do you not fucking do that, right? We did him last. We we did him last week because he's a t- he's been a top ten machine in the Europe, and then he didn't. He he. I think he missed a cut last week. He did something bad. So now we're getting with three hundred to one. So one final one, just for the fuck of it, Alexander Bjork bomb that. That's a real dart throw bomb, and of course we'll put him top ten too. So top ten, Alexander Bjork bomb it. I'm saying that just for the tout videos. Let me see what I don't even know what the fuck his top ten is. Let me, let me look that up real quick. I don't. I don't know because I hear. I'm hearing uh, Wasp being played through the windows. Um, he is as I go down, down, down the list. He is fifteen to one for a top ten play. That's pretty fucking great. So bomb that motherfucker. Anyway, I have CJ Sullivan, and uh, this is the bottom line bombs. Wow. 45, this is actually kind of a way to go. I'm still on the 45 minutes. I know it's going to go longer here. Um, Because let's go into the box, and now we'll play man in the box. Mm -mm -mm. I think, I have no idea how this is going to turn out as far as music cues and people producing, because uh, I don't know, it doesn't go crazy. Can you guys hear it? I I know you guys can't hear it. Only I can hear it. So this is where I'm staying. I'm staying with this crazy bar owner of Galway Bay. He's an absolute fucking lunatic. This city is just an alcoholic city. Like I said, I don't drink anymore. I still do a lot of drugs. Every drug comes in front of my face, actually. I'm not, I'm not a nerd about this. I'm on the Demi Lovato plan, as I like to say. Still tough. Takes a long time for these pills to kick in without vodka, but that's the discipline you got to have. Uh, but yeah, the edibles will do whatever. Whatever it is. And it, and it just doesn't matter. This, this city fucking gets you. I woke up at like a 1030 the other day. Like I was hungover. I'm like, I didn't even do anything. Chicago knows what it's doing. This guy, Nolan. Oh, my God. You just saw him. I can't complain. He's he's, a, he's a great Irish. He's great Irish. But he's always got 14 cousins coming in and out of here. It's just pure chaos. There's random dogs coming in and out of here. We went out uh, Sunday. We had a grill out. Next thing you know, we had him. We went to an open mic. He threw. He goes up on an open mic. He tells some story about getting raped by a priest, and he's singing karaoke. He's driving his scooter down to Versi. We got his videos and all. He doesn't want me. That's the only video he didn't want me to post. You, you just saw him. He's he's here naked on the screen. He's like a webcam guy downstairs. He's on this thing called Coco, whatever the fuck that is. It's all women except for him. He's like this male jiggle on Coco. <laughs> Holy shit. This is absolute. I, I'm like, I, I, and I realized, I'm like, I, I mean, I, if I didn't move out of the city, I'd be dead. I can't believe I lived here for this long. I cannot believe. That's why every time I come back to Chicago, I'm like, I cannot believe I lived here and survived. Because I was full throttle. I was doing this every fucking night. Now it's great, though. It, it's kind of great being here and not drinking. Because you you see I have superpowers. I can see all the drunks. It's like the Matrix. I see them stumbling towards me from across the room. And I can avoid them and like 
knock rent, get ran into them and shit like that. And, uh, I order non-alcoholic beers at bar. I still go to the bars because the bars are fun. I don't avoid them. And I don't even like non-alcoholic beers that much. I mean, actually, they are kind of good nowadays. They, the last couple of years, the the technology they've always had the technology. They just never had the the demand for it, I guess. But they're all pretty good. They all taste fine. They all taste, you know, whatever. There's even a non-alcoholic Guinness, which is pretty good. Well, Guinness never tastes like beer anyway. It just tastes like Guinness. That's why it's good. But it's not like O'Doul's anymore. O'Doul's, by the way, which is kind of funny. O'Doul's still tastes like O'Doul's, which is terrible. <laughs> which I kind of respect. I kind of like how O'Doul's is like, you know what? You're not supposed to be enjoying this. You're supposed to be reminded that you're not, you shouldn't be drinking. This should be painful. You shouldn't be knocking back Heineken Zeros or IPA NAs. So respect the O'Doul's. But anyway, when I order one here, first of all, I love ordering a non-alcoholic beer anyway because I, I only order them at bars for like the social aspect of it so people don't ask me questions because in Chicago, they'll, they'll fucking grill you. What the fuck? Why aren't you drinking? So I do it just to shut them up. But I love how bar- bartenders never know where a non-alcoholic beer is. They're like, what? Non-alcoholic? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Hmm, I'll check the basement. I think the old owner said he left a case in the back. If ever we need it for a case of emergency, I could, I could call across the street. Maybe they can help me out. Then they come back like 10 minutes later bleeding. Like, I found one. Look what I found. They only come up with one. I love Chicago. Then I'm like, how much I charge you? This is a true story. How much how much I owe you? And the Chicago bartender uh looked at me, looked at me, I was at Will's the other day. He goes, I can't, I can't in good conscience charge you for <laughs> for whatever that is. They think like I'm doing a magic trick or something. Like you're gonna drink, you're gonna drink this. Bach zero in front of all these other people and tolerate them and tolerate their bullshit. All right. I'd like to see it. I mean, that guy in the corner, he thinks he, he thinks Louisiana still has a King. He's an ass. <laughs> you're going to put out, you're going to, you're going to talk to him. Okay. Let's, I'd like to see that. If people catch, if customers, like when friend, people at a bar catch you, that's funny too. Sometimes I'll be I'll be drinking at the bar, the non-alcoholic, and having whatever ridiculous conversation drunks are having, and then they'll uh, they'll realize I'm drinking a non-alcoholic, and then they get they get angry, they get upset, like you tricked them. What 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 the what the fuck? Have you been doing that the whole time? You're not an asshole like me, so you're you're not an idiot. You've just been going along with my idiocy. What is this? I got friends who uh, also can't believe they just they, they, in, in L.A. It's no problem because a lot of people don't drink in L.A. It's easy to not drink in L.A. Because first of all, drinking drinking sucks in L.A. It's not fun in Chicago. It's fun. Chicago drinking is a fucking hell of a time. Chicago is a hell of a time. Period. But. This city is such an alcoholic city. There's a bar on every corner of the fucking street. 
and they're all having a good time. Doesn't matter the time or the day. It could be four o'clock on a Tuesday. It looks like they just won the World Series in there. There's a piano playing. They're screaming, come on in, get out of there. Where the hell are you going? Get out of there. Like, fuck, I'm just I'm just trying to drop this letter off. I'll be back. Oh, hold on. When I was walking to my buddy Bill O'Donnell's place, I needed I needed a nice coffee. That's the only thing I look forward to anymore is like a nice coffee. He lives in a decent area in Roscoe Village. I'm like, oh, there's got to be a coffee place there. There was, oh my god, there's a Starbucks. Starbucks was closed. Starbucks, Starbucks closed at six o'clock. Yet there was 19 bars open in the three blocks there where they closed one coffee shop. They have an agreement. Yet. Go, go, go drink alcohol like a normal person. That's what they say here in Chicago. You can't have coffee after six. What you, you'll, you'll be up all night. You crazy? You can't have a coffee after six. You won't be able to get some sleep. Now go drink 18 Malort shots and fucking 15 uh, Old Styles. And pass out like a normal person. So like I said. So here, Chicago friends, they still they still can't believe they they love it when I they come when I when I come back. How's that not drinking? Is that still a thing? Like it was a fad? Like it was like an like you know I got my ear pierced or something? You're not still doing that, are you? Still wearing that? Like it was like a fucking trendy thing, and not my life. I was trying to save. They always ask you questions like it's a job interview. Not drinking, huh? Well, where do you see yourself in five years? You see, you see yourself doing this down the road, or like, yeah, I don't know, alive maybe. I try, I'm trying to see myself alive in five years. All right, don't think it'd be as funny though. They love saying that. Then, or or they can't believe it, and they'll say some story to me of something I did when I was drunk that proves why I should have stopped drinking. <laughs> But they'll act like a surprise. Like, it's a great thing. You're going to stop drinking? What, you? The guy who missed his flight out of Chicago when he passed out to go away, man? And he, and he, they left you there all night and you, 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 you pissed on the table because you thought it was a urinal and you woke up naked. You're going to do that? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to stop drinking? But yeah, you can't believe I, I don't want to do that anymore. You believe, can you believe that's a thing? I'm trying to move forward in life a little bit. That's a true story. That was that that wasn't even a rock bottom story for me. That was just a story. <laughs> That's how great the the, the owner of that bar go away is Nolan, by the way. <laughs> you just saw naked here. I was passed out on their couch in the bar. They couldn't wake me up, so they just left me there. Closed the bar, and I woke up with clothes all over the place, jeans. It looks like a crime scene. Trying to find my passport. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna. Be, it's gonna be tough to get on a flight today. Then I realized I'm not getting on any flight. I can't even find my pants. You can't get on a flight without pants. That's a that's FAA regulations right there. So I got behind the bar, made a drink, and of course they have security footage. He sees me in security footage. What's he do? He comes out and joins me. We start drinking down in the morning. Anyway, that's gonna do it for uh, today's bottom line, Bob's. Uh, thank you. For tuning in. Good luck with the British Open and the Ladies Soccer World Cup. We are um, going to be back. I'll be back in the studio live to do this man in the box style uh, 
in Eagle Rock, California next week as we do it live Mondays and Wednesdays, noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock sausage time. Uh, but also on the uh, podcast itself, of course, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to pods, hopefully you're subscribed to it if you're listening to this right now. But if not, give it five stars, give a review. Tell 50,000 of your friends, please, to do that, to tune into this. And the Blackout Diaries, my other podcast I do with Sean Flannery, who I will be seeing tonight at the Green Door Tavern as I do comedy in Chicago. And uh, also, if you're in Milwaukee this weekend, I will be there at the Improv with TJ Miller. We are doing stand-up comedy all weekend long in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, my dear field of Brookfield uh, at the Improv. So come on out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hit me up. Hit me up at SGPN. Um, I'll do the meet and greet, do the whole thing. See the man in the box. Other than that, follow me on all the uh, on the instas and the total on uh, Instagram. CJ almost taken Twitter at CJ Sullivan underscore. And uh, yeah, that's it. Time to wrap this up. Goodbye. <laughs>